to Who All Gonna Be There, a podcast by artists for artists. We talk cash shit about everything. Sometimes we get messy. And it all counts as art because we say so. I'm Mel. Today I choose to be a woman and black and an artist. Five out of five would recommend. This week I'm a subcontractor for Four Seasons Total Landscaping, a yarn sculpture enthusiast, and I'm also the author of the upcoming book We've Been Told Y'all, a study of anti-blackness in academia. I'm Maximiliano, a.k.a. Crisis of the 21st Century, a.k.a. The Last Podcaster, a.k.a. Maker of 14th Century Chaperones, a.k.a. Maxi Millennial, a.k.a. Time Has No Function Here. Subscribe to be a patron of Nat Turner Project. We have tons of great perks uh, supporting us, duh, but also exclusive Patreon-only podcast episodes and our now-legendary Patreon exclusive long-running zine publication, Book of Sedition. Um, NTP, we got an Etsy with all our publications and newest one, the Black Abbey zine um, from our Black Abbey residency. Totes, we have buttons. Um, we also give away advice. Subscribe to us on iTunes and all streaming platforms. Follow us at Nat Turner Project on all the social medias. Got a question or comment? Want to confess your love? of Melanie or me, email us at natturnerproject0 at gmail.com because without the zero, it go to some white lady on the East Coast. Word. <laughs> so today, um, thanks Max, today we are welcoming ourselves back, fresh off the new year and holding our breath, waiting for the new part to kick in. Today we are very honored to have Keon Gaskin with us. How are you, Keon? I'm, I'm all right, I'm good, yeah, chilling, I don't know. Keon prefers not to contextualize their work with credentials, so instead of reading a traditional bio, we thought that we would um, talk about the first time we heard about or saw Keon's work. So Max, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know we officially agreed to this. 
<laughs> um, I think the first time was um, at TBA 2015. I think Keon's already heard this before, but um, yeah, TBA 2015, um, it's not a thing, was um, my first Keon experience. Okay. Um, so before um, the, the TBA It's Not a Thing performance, I actually heard about it. Um, from one of our grad school classmates, they were talking about it, and I won't name names, but like they were telling me about the performance, and like every time there was a pause, I would like ask a question to clarify and say, Oh, was it because of this or this? And they would like cut me off, which is a thing that white people do whenever you start talking about race. Um, and I, I was like, That's interesting. Um, they're not letting me delve into this performance, okay? And then followed up with that. I read a review in a local um, publication, which I, again, I also won't name, but they're problematic as shit. And they reviewed It's Not a Thing. And it was a white guy, and I was reading their description of It's Not a Thing, and I was like, oh, this sounds interesting, but their review was like really negative, and they were like big mad about everything in the performance, and I was like, oh my God, I want my art to do that. I want my art to make white people mad and make them stumble all over themselves because like it makes them understand that some things just aren't for them and it never will be. And that was like my first impression of Keon's work. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that melody. <laughs> I want my work to do that too. Shit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um so with that, um, something we've been doing for the past year or so is our first question um, for every artist who stops by is how are you doing? Like, how are you coping with all of, all of this? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, well, all of this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how am I doing? Uh, well, I'm doing it daily. Hell, hourly, minutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like in a way that, I mean, kind of always, I like to, you know, try to be very present for better or worse, <laughs> you know, but like, uh, or deal with what is in front of me. But I feel like, uh, especially now, <laughs> you know, just like, I can handle with like what's happening right now. Um, and yeah, kind of, yeah, not, you just, yeah, not planning a whole lot. I'm thinking a whole lot about future oriented, trying to keep, uh, my body and my mind. All right. You know, um, yeah. So how am I? Yeah. I don't know. I'm good. It's, it's waves of all sorts of things, you know, of all sorts of states and emotions all the time, I guess, depending on what moment you ask me right now, I feel great. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's been a good day. Did a couple of things, sitting here chilling, hanging out with you. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it feels good. And it, yeah, it feels like a um, a good day and a good moment. Um, and yeah, yeah, feeling very hermity these days. And like, of course, due to like you know the situation, but I also think kind of like spiritually, emotionally, hermity as well. Yeah. Um, right now which i think is also part of how i'm doing and how i'm coping is like ooh, i'll be in here uh you know 
and dealing with a lot, sitting with a lot, reflecting on a lot, thinking about a lot, doing little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How y'all doing? Oh, wait, am I, can I ask that? Wait, how do I, am I not? <laughs> this is where my nerves come in now. I'm like, wait, I'm not just hanging out with Melanie and Max. This is being uh, listened no, to. I mean, <laughs> you are hanging out. We're just asking you a few more questions than usual. But, um, I am okay. Um, classes start next week, so I'm kind of in a, a rush to get the syllabus and stuff ready for my students but it's again it's this weird thing like what what are we doing why why are we doing this right now <laughs> like, um you know that whole like am i just a a, a violinist on the titanic right now mm. um but you know today i'm good i got my eggnog and I'm talking to you, um, so things are good. What about you, Max? Um, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I feel like, yeah, recently I've been trying to um, be like more grateful and appreciative. So that's, yeah, been making me feel good. Um, been making me feel really fortunate. And um, yeah, so I feel good. I feel fortunate right now. I feel lucky. Um, so I'm just trying to count, count all my blessings and I'm counting them, so yeah. I'm excited for yeah today and or this conversation. So, yeah. yeah. And Keon, you may not know this, but you have the rare distinction of being the last person that I saw before all this went down. Oh wow! If you remember that, do you remember? That? Right when we had to hang out, that was what. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was mine too before. Quarantine. Like definitely my last, like, we like went into a coffee shop. We sat yeah. down outside. <laughs> People were, oh yeah, we oh no, yeah. I think that was the last time I did anything like that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So not too bad a way to go out, I guess. Right. <laughs> so Good Yeah. Um, so Keon, you normally travel a lot for your practice. Um what adjustments like have there been since like quarantine? Is it just like a bunch of like postponements? Um, are you handling it differently? Are there like current projects you're working on? Um, yeah, there's definitely been postponements. Uh, yeah, everything got postponed. I mean, a few things got canceled flat out that just aren't gonna happen anymore. Um, and yeah, there's been, yeah several postponements so i've been like i mean like i said doing little but i've been like right now i'm in this uh theater space i've been roller skating in here a lot and at first i was just skating i got outdoor skates and was just like skating around in the park and stuff and uh yeah then started getting cold and stuff and i started coming inside <laughs> and as things go you know and of course it's like becoming a piece or a performance or something um dealing with roller skating a whole bunch of other shit uh, so uh, yeah so that is kind of what i'm working on far as you know work performance wise um is this yeah i don't know how much i can talk about this it's a it's got this dealing with roller skating the title is like uh well i can't say it it's just like an image um which it is language but I don't want to put language to it. Well, 
just so you know like the letter slave and skate have the same uh amount of letters and so they're just uh i mean yeah same letters in three of the same letters in the same places so i like just kind of have put them over each other and that's the title i guess or working title for it right now um but it's like, yeah, this story class piece thing <laughs> that I'll be doing, uh, a thing that I'm supposed to be doing um, for Disjecta in December, I'll be doing later on this year. And that's the piece that I'll be doing, um, as well as sometime in Cincinnati that was also postponed or might still happen, maybe in April, but maybe postponed. Anyway, we'll see. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the things I've been doing. Things that I'll be presenting art-wise. Otherwise, I've been like, uh, you know, making tinctures. I've started making tinctures and herbs oh. and stuff. And uh, herb, no, I haven't made herbs. The earth makes herbs. I <laughs> have been making tincture of the herbs and uh, <laughs> and like rose waters and there's some roses growing rose hip oil and different stuff like that. And trying to get my <laughs> it's called my Dr. Keon medicine woman. Um, you know, I've been trying to uh, get, get into that. Uh, so yeah, that's been real. That's been amazing and been really cool. And like, so I was stay on this place. I stay at this place that is a decent amount of land and a bunch of stuff that grows out there. And in my roommate really be keeping the garden up too. But a lot of stuff just grows out naturally. That's kind of what I've been working with too. Is like what shows up. Um, so it's been a trip. I was just listening to this uh, person, Karen Rose. Wait, we're not dropping names. Listen to this herbalist, this black herbalist, uh, guy these herbalists who's been hella cool that my uh, friend sent me. And um, she was always, she's talking about like the way that what's growing around you is probably what you need right now. And um, it's wild because mowing uh, this herb has been growing crazy in on the property just wild. And apparently this is like the first year uh, that is grown like this and mullein is a really great herb for respiratory support so i'm like oh shit you know so i've been making uh just like mullein tincture or whatever or just different tinctures so so yeah that's the long answer to that question oh wow uh max i have some follow-up questions do you mind if i okay um so going back to the roller skating like i think uh, when a lot of us think of roller skating, we think very much of like the kind of like 70s aesthetic um, um, and kind of like the, the joyful, like free skating, smooth, that sort of thing, which I see is also coming back a little bit um, online with certain things going viral. Is that included at all in your like thought process for this project or no? Is, is that something completely separate? Um a history of blackness and roller skating is definitely included in this project. Mm -hmm. That sort of free flowing for I'm very, I like, I recognize that as, you know, disco and roller skating and that, and, you know, a very black, very black thing going on there too. And that part of the history, I'm more interested in like, you know, I was skating growing up and I'm kind of like interested in like, you know, eighties, nineties, two thousand current, roller skating and roller skating trends but then also very interesting i mean you know a lot plays out uh race wise obviously through roller skating when you look at it through history um 
And so, yeah, you know, you got all the whole thing with, uh, you got, you know, Jim Crow shit going on and butt roller skating and you got capitalism going on, you know, so folks wanting to get that black coin because black folks really came out and skate, but also, of course, not wanting them to, you know, wanting to segregate the nights. And so having these nights then that they would be naming, you know, all kinds of wild shit that we still go see go on. And I mean, of course, the names have changed for the black skate night, but they've been all sorts of wild shit throughout the years um so yeah like a history in roller skating but not and the current like and then there's a very interesting thing with like current appropriation of roller skating and black roller skating and everybody kind of pretending like 80s 90s 2000s strong as roller skating culture has not been a thing for black folks and amongst black communities and black skating rinks haven't like really been important parts of like black community and i think that erasure and like that sort of thing in this kind of current when you see a lot of white, which I mean, you see a lot in, uh, you know, blackface and digital uh, and con from content creators in general. Um, so it, it, of course you're gonna see it in roller skating too. Um, and I feel like this kind of hearkening just to that 70s kind of free sort of moment, it kind of for me is about an erasure of like how black folks have been skating and actually I don't contribute the most to goddamn roller skating that anybody has, you know, like, um, and yeah, yeah. I feel like that kind of time was also a time where like white folks, uh, white folks, oh, it's, it's uh, wild to me. I, I don't know. I think there's a way in which like we really see uh, appropriative and also simultaneously dismissive and ownership of that of white folks that I feel like I see in the current roller skating trend that I also feel like I see in disco in the 70s and this sort of thing that was obviously really sourced from black folks labor. I mean, as always, but like, yeah, this weird kind of erasure that I don't really know how to talk about that I'm just now <laughs> really talking about. Um, but yeah, that. Plus I'm thinking about like the invention. I'm thinking about the problem with invention and how invention is bullshit. You know, like I've been thinking, I've been thinking so much in general about how many inventions we accredit to white men that we know their slaves came up with, you know, like it, it like we, and we, maybe we don't have a way of knowing, but it's clear. I mean, we have a couple of stories here and there that we know, but there's so many more that we will never know. And that, and, and then also invention, it comes down to patent and who can afford it and who can get them and this sort of thing. And so the accrediting of invention and these sort of things is like, wow, to me, and I've been examining that through this piece as well. Um, yeah. um, <clears throat> related to what you're saying, but more um, along the, like, the latter part about the herbs and the tinctures, um, you had said that somebody else told you that like what grows around you is what you need. Um, so I guess at first I was thinking like, oh, when you, if you like live in the Pacific Northwest, you like certain things grow in that area and like that like may like, yeah, benefit living that area. But, um, but you also mean even in like a more time sense that like, oh, this is like a bad time for breathing. So now here's this like plant that helps us breathe. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, no, totally that like it's all I've been yeah you know and she talks a lot about and just in general you know holism and ho everything 
his hole and connected his squad, you know, and like we try to think about it so separately, like, oh, this is what's growing right now, what I need, you know, like, and this is what's happening in them, like, as if they're separate, you know, like it's all communicating. And I think that, I mean, I think it's just that direct, even. The earth is like, oh shit. And not that like our yard necessarily knew COVID was here, but our, or did it, you know, like, or, or is there some way that energy was creating this sort of thing because she even talks about like as specific as your yard you know like all of a sudden the all this this weed came up in my yard this year you know and she's like well looks like you need to <laughs> be trying to digest that weed you know um like that's the thing for you that's the kind of example that she used so like but i think in all sorts of ways that like yeah yeah it makes me like think about this like immediate like re-examination of like your your very like regular and like immediate surroundings. Like I don't think anything spectacular about like my front yard or my backyard. Um, but then this idea that like is potentially like trying to like aid me or um, make my life better and is like trying to help me, even though I I feel like I don't do anything for my yard. Like it's still yeah, it's, <laughs> this is cool, fascinating idea that like like literally the earth is always trying to like help you out or something. And I mean, I do imagine though how much more it would if you did for it also. <laughs> you know, like, because I do feel I've been on that shit too. Like, all right, let me, you know, do my offerings when I collect things and then let me, you know, pay a little attention to it. I do feel like build, when people talk about building a connection to the land you're on, building a relationship and these sort of things, I think, like, actually very kind of direct and literal. It's not as esoteric, I think, as people try to make, you know, as people think about it or talk about it as well. Are you, are you making these things for your own personal collection or are you selling any of it? Uh, neither, in the middle there, I'm not selling them, no, but I am not just making them for me, no. Okay. I like, you know, I'm sharing. I'm really making it with the intent of like sharing, you know, with my friends and family. It was super sweet. Went down to Arkansas, saw a bunch of my family and gave, shared my team. Yeah, I love, I love it so much. Because, you know, half of them tried it. Half of them was like, oh, I don't know what you're doing up there in Oregon. <laughs> 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 but, you know, uh, but also recognizing, too, my aunt, who, like, real has a real connection with a lot of that stuff. She was like, oh, yeah. You know, and it, it also started a conversation that we had never had that so much in the room of course like, okay grandma you ain't used to grow this and Molly, oh yeah we used to pull up you know like having this whole conversation about the knowledge you know, which has been cool as hell you know connecting with folks about black folks about specifically should i go with my next question yeah. Um, so this is kind of a little bit of a subject change, and this is um, something I question I just thought about today, but I've never asked you before. Um, but something I was thinking about just in general, like obviously always thinking about um, navigating the specifically the whiteness of the art world. Um, but then thinking like you know my experience is, is always like mostly with Portland. Um, but then I was curious like if there's like a difference like like you know navigating it or experiencing like the like the whiteness of the art world like here. In like Portland or here in America, compared to even like um in Europe, does like our world whiteness manifest differently? Do you have to interact with it differently in like different countries, different places? 
Yeah, it's it's hard to say because I also feel like art world shenanigans is uh, boundaryless, you know, or is uh, you know, isn't beholden to state lines or um, or culture. You know, like I don't know. There is there is kind of like a, a culture in and of itself, like a international art culture sort of thing that is full of white supremacy and white fuckery, you know, and shows up very similarly despite the country. Um, but I think also, yeah, there are differences. There's, yeah, there are differences, I guess. It's hard for me to, like, with hearing it now to pinpoint or to, you know, um, exactly what those are. Or even if I can say that I, like, feel differently navigating those things i can talk about different situations but i i think they they're across all of the countries you know um and yeah it's hard for me to say you know because everything has specificity and everybody does and every relationship does and every working relationship does and the way that those things show up is uh, i mean it's never ceases to surprise me like wow another way i didn't even know you could be racist like that you know <laughs> um but so yeah, I don't know. So it's hard. Yeah, it's hard for me to pinpoint that question and say yes. I definitely. I can't say you know definitively that like yes is different based on this. I can, I I do feel like there there are some similarities though, to me in the way it shows up in the art world in uh, across, uh, you know, countries. Um, that like last little part made me think of. There's this like Tracy Morgan line where he talks about like learning um like racist racial slurs and like every language and like how to say like black in every language so you can always know if somebody's like <laughs> saying racist shit to them <laughs> right no that's definitely a thing i definitely <laughs> you end up finding out fairly quick in most countries you spend any amount of time in whether you're trying to find out or not how to say black or some you know slur of it because uh, <laughs> again Black uh, anti-blackness is international. I mean, we're Americans, so we tend to forget that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. um, this is a little bit of a pivot, um, but as someone who you know grew up with comics, loves comics, does comics, I'm always fascinated by like what makes a person, what makes their character. Um, so one of the things I'm interested in, in regards to artists, um, is I often, like, I want to know what their art's origin story is. Like, how did they come to, like, be interested in the arts? So, uh, for you, what was your art's origin story? Hmm. Yeah, I don't even know if there was a time when I wasn't, and somehow... I also have been like very intentionally and not that like I, I've been intentional about recognizing that like my arts training has always been because like what are we calling art you know and, and this this sort of thing and recognize the artistic ways of that all of my, you know my not all of the folks around me but a lot of them you know my mom is extremely 
but would never, you know, be called an artist or call herself an artist or anything like that. And like my grandmother and the way she designed her house and the things that she did and how she, you know, like, so like there's that, but then there's also like doing, I've been, I was doing poems in churches and doing church plays when I was, you know, four or five or something, you know, and then always dancing, always like, you know, uh, you know, when a family come over doing Michael Jackson, put on my church shoes and like do the moonwalk and that whole thing. And like, oh, and I mean that, you know, my art now is so much of, you know, is performance work generally. Um, and so actually I recognize, then I feel like the things too that I learned then in doing that kind of stuff and a lot of like dance contests because I could dance, you know, then I was always, you know, yeah, it is a kind of, you know, I like dance contests, but you learn, I recognize like looking back, you know, in hindsight that I really, that's really where I began to learn like how to affect energy of rooms and people's state of being and how, you know, where they're at using my body, you know, mm-hmm. um, and like working with the music or with the space. If I jump off of that thing at this moment, motherfuckers is gonna go wild you know <laughs> like so and and now it, i am much more i guess i wouldn't say i'm much more intentional i think i was hella intentional about it then i'm maybe cognizant of it in a way now that and i'm you know of course much more conceptual and a bunch of other shit now than i was then but a lot of it still a lot of i think of the strong effect of my work though it is like you know i think in the you know the conceptuality and thoughtfulness or whatever a lot of it is in how i like negotiate energy and people being in spaces using my body and using my presence and using my energy you know and i think that's so much of the effect of my work now so it's like yeah and i think and and when i think about that as like how i'm in the arts now like it's it's not inseparable from anything I before I can remember you know like uh, <laughs> um but like as far as how I got into this thing of doing performance you know performance art dance whatever the fuck it's called I do um I you know in school yeah I did theater and stuff all through high school went to college studied mark my major was in marketing my minor was in theater um and then i uh started yeah was doing theater kind of got started get disillusioned started directing these like dance theater shows we had the student black box so i started doing that got more and more disillusioned with theater more and more into dance started doing kind of traditional modern dance sort of stuff um got this a lot of the things i kind of get disillusioned i'm like all right all right here's the limits of this Here's where this gets too racist for me to deal with or too, you know, hetero or too, whatever, whatever, um, or limiting or whatever. And then I start getting more into, yeah, like uh, experimental dance, somatic dance, other kind of dance practices and stuff. And then kind of getting more into like, oh, performance art and conceptual art and institutional critique and these sort of things kind of this gradual Growing period, I feel like kind of that last part was kind of from Chicago mm. it coming into Portland, like 2000, late, uh, early, like 2007 to, I moved to Portland, 2008, 2009. So maybe like 2006, moving on, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you said you got your major in marketing? 
Yeah. Do you do you think like any of the stuff like from that major like exists now? Like do you like is it stuff that's like dormant or you're like actively still like, oh yeah, this was like something I learned from my marketing degree and now I still employ in my practice. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, again, too, like going to think about the holistic thing. I feel like everything is in my practice now. Like there's no <laughs> delineation. And so much shit shows up that like is literally for something I never was thinking about art. You know, it's just like, oh, my God, that's <laughs> from this. And then it really becomes something, you know. Um, but marketing, absolutely. I mean, you know, I did it for four years, study, hated it. Uh, my mom's mad influential. And she was like, <laughs> uh I just, I just, you know, hated it. Um, but my mom was <laughs> mad, and, and she, uh, I love her to death. She's amazing. Oh my god, uh, very strong person, very cool. But like, she was like, I, yes, I support you doing your theater. That's great and all, but you're getting a business degree. <laughs> so, I was like, uh, you know, it'd be so funny to me that they'd be having eighteen-year-olds choose their life paths. You know, I'm like, Can I stop, please, this is absurd. Eighteen, I'm gonna choose a life path. Uh, but um, I, uh, oh yes, yeah, so I was like, what's the most creative form of business? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, yeah, so I thought it was marketing. Um, but I did think, you know, I mean, for a while, though, I was on some shit like, oh, I'm going to be a senior exec and make my way up to, you know, I don't know what was going on. In <laughs> I mean, I know who that kid was, absolutely, but uh-uh. uh, <laughs> we had to watch that. Uh, so, I, um, so I did it. And then, uh, but it was funny, it really started making, I mean, it's totally like, pushed me so far left and made me I don't like the word radical really but like it um yeah because I because I really had to I really hated it so much and like it's such a manipulative it's wildly manipulative and the things that they teach us were like wild you know and people would be like yeah all right of course you know like in it and I was in Missouri a small town in Missouri is where I went to school um and uh I remember like uh, it'd be things like, uh, <laughs> I remember they were like, oh yeah, uh, some companies are trying to put cameras in people's homes because people lie in focus groups or don't, aren't totally um, aggressive. So people are paying, uh, they want to, companies want to pay people to put cameras in their home. And I think they did do this or were doing this at a point before somebody was like, oh, stop. Um, they might still be actually, who are we kidding? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, and I remember everybody being like, oh, great. Oh, yeah, of course. That's a great idea. Because how close will you get the actual? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, like, what are y'all talking about? This crazy. And I just kind of became that kid in class who was always just, I mean, going up against teachers, going up against everybody, like the whole class. Uh, and I think that really, yeah, has really informed me being the hater that I am now. I talk about my life a lot now is hating, and it is. And I'm here for it because a lot of shit needs to be hated on. Um, and so I, uh, and I feel like I, I gained a lot of that there, of like being that person. I was like, y'all can all hate me. You're like, yeah, I will totally sidetrack the lesson to talk about how fucked this is. Um, and yeah, so that, but then also it shows up very heavily in my, like my bio, my, my I have a whole kind of anti-marketing uh, thing going on in my presentation. I'm always trying to get like stuff pulled off the internet and 
you know, not promote things and da 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 um, sort of thing. Not not promote. Well, I mean, I don't promote. I don't mind if things are promoted. I kind of do. I kind of want people at stuff that I do, but um, that's <laughs> some people. <laughs> um, so, and I think that's absolutely uh, affected by, you know, the marketing. My marketing career is kind of going doing anti-marketing. <laughs> Um, I have another one to add to that, if, if that's fine with you, Molly. Um, so you mentioned um, holistic a few different times, mm-hmm. and um, this idea that everything potentially could be art. Does um, well, do you ever? Not that everything could be potentially art. Yeah, I don't know what to add. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I really want. It's not just that. Like I feel, but I think that there, first of all, what is art or what are we talking about as art and then i don't know i feel like there, like there's a lot of creative being that i that is art that we wouldn't call, that we don't call art or i guess i'm i'm so confused about what <laughs> what is art what are we calling art what do we you know like uh uh candace williams talks about a cool talking about like art with the capital a and art with the lowercase a and lowercase a being like all kind of like creative endeavors that people can get into or something like that. don't let me butcher what she's saying it's crazy. But anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're kind of addressed it, but I was just going to ask, like, does that ever feel, like, overwhelming to, like, think of all these possibilities or all the connectiveness, all the, like, to know what, like, oh, what do I focus on now, like, compared to, like, potentially any focusing on anything? Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, kind of. I feel like the holistic thing isn't necessarily about like what I make, you know? Like, so I think for me about like what I'm, uh, I feel like I do performances. I have like an inclination to do what I feel like um, uh, prone to it. I feel interested in it and following that interest and um oh but as far as like yeah how i come to things i mean yeah i remember when i first did this piece i first kind of started making really a piece with other people i was kind of uh i was like yeah it it all comes up and whatever comes up is going in there and we're just doing it all and it kind of and it and it and that is kind of what happened and i'm still into that piece i don't know how other people feel about it but I'm <laughs> uh, <laughs> and i think i feel that way too where uh it's not a thing how it came together it's kind of like the things that come up that i'm tripping on that make sense inside of it too you know it's like okay then that thing goes in like i think yeah i, I think everything is fair game and on the table for me kind of generally in general but like everything doesn't fit into like a performance there's still editing and and thoughtfulness and concept and things get honed in and become a thing um but as far as like holistic thinking about like holistically how everything is in everything and i'm like it doesn't i think it is overwhelming in some ways like you know how like when you're on acid and it's like oh, oh no, you know how everyone's on acid and you, um, but you know or or anything or like being emotionally or you know like I think overwhelming can happen, but I think overwhelming happens even in very stifled or compartmentalized spaces as well. So I guess the overwhelming doesn't seem 
uh, I don't know, hard or, or not worth doing. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, <laughs> yeah. Did I? Yeah, I, I think I think you answered it. Yeah. I have a follow up question um, for that. And it's actually one of the questions that was going to be later, but I think you answered it. So uh, I'm changing it slightly. So your work, like, obviously encompasses so many different fields of study within the art, sound, performance, critical theory, dance, institutional critique, cultural critique, literature, poetics, and like so many other things. It's so dense. But like what I wonder um, often when I'm watching like one of your shows or your performances is like, are there particular points um, or elements that you're trying to emphasize that you want people to notice more than others? Mm. No, not necessarily. I think sometimes there's something that uh, overall thing that I'm more obsessed with that I'm like trying to put into every little bit. It's like, oh. It, it, also, I feel like so many times the thing that I'm geeking out about, about a thing, everybody else is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? But I'm so about like, and maybe this kind of answers the question a little bit too, Max, like multiple layers of access for like any aspect that I want to include in a performance. So it needs to have a bunch of different things. And that's why some things don't fit, even though like it's all on the table. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, you know, it's like, no, cause like, yeah, that hits me. And yeah, that may feel like it could have a place, but if it's only like hitting on this level and has no other reads or no other access, if it's only kind of like intellectual or not spiritual and emotional or, or not just like that either. But like, you know, if, it, if it's not, you know, hitting on several levels or several access points kind of for any individual thing, whether it be a lighting choice or a prop choice. A movement, I do a lot of improv, but even kind of style of movement or where I move or if I'm among people, if I'm asking people to get out, if I, you know, and, but it, uh, um, yeah. Damn, I just lost my <laughs> uh, Wait, what was the question again? Just like if you if you were trying to emphasize certain points. Oh yeah, emphasize certain points. Exactly. You know the hierarchy of like what you're trying to show, I guess yeah. is what I'm getting to. Right, right, right. And I think, yeah, sometimes oh, like I was saying, yeah, the there'll be sometimes I'm tripping out on a thing more or aspect or a concept or something, and I'm kind of putting it in everywhere. So maybe that general sense is like really felt or something and i think there are times where i recognize that something something does stand out more and i don't stop it mm. you know like i don't necessarily mean for that actually because i'm i also love a lot of i like little small nuanced things that only you know three people notice you know i also like being especially since my shit shows up in a lot of like well uh, predominantly white spaces. I love things, putting in things in the work and stuff too. They're like, oh, only niggas is gonna notice this. You know what I mean? Like, and and of course, and that's just a, a more important. But also maybe it may be something so small, you know. Um, and but I really like having a pay attention. I think so much too about like 
shifting of attention. So like rather, I mean, not rather than everything needs to happen. We should fight shit on all sorts of scales and yada, yada, yada. But I think also a lot about like divestment and shifting attention. Like maybe I don't like go to the museum for my art, you know, like maybe I see what my nephew is doing. Maybe I, you know, like, do outside uh, sculpture making with the neighborhood. And you know, like, and, and why shouldn't we actually be reading? Cause the canon is lit, we, it's like, it's just racist, it's sexist bullshit. Like that's all it is. And I get it, like, I get it. It's so long that <laughs> we've been told it for so long. It matters so much, it doesn't, it doesn't. Like what matter? If it did matter, we should actually know the names and the work of the people that all the fucking modern white ass European people stole from, and we don't. So you gonna tell me this shit matters when we're just studying the motherfuckers who stole shit, you know, and are are shitty? Like it doesn't matter. Like my your your like baby could be <laughs> like thirty times better than whatever you have learned that Picasso was so amazing at doing, you know, like. Um, I don't know. <laughs> so, like, really, yeah. Um, <laughs> see, this is what I'm saying. I'm like, Should I be? <laughs> Not your baby. <laughs> um, that's something I I think about too. Um, about like. Yeah, if we all know, not like if we all know, but like um, if we know that uh, that like right that the that art is fucked up, art is white, art is like racist, imperialistic. Um, that like we exist in this like yeah Western art um, world and like perspective, um, and then even even like well we're trying to like critique it or like subvert it, it still seems like um, we're like passing it on. And then I'm like, sometimes I wonder about my complicity in like passing on um, like this Western art canon, even if I'm like trying to like change it or alter it, it still seems like, should I be passing it on at all? Like, what if like, I was like, no, I'm not gonna like talk about it, like say art, like obviously like I think kids will always be creative and like making stuff and right, like should we foster this like free form making where we're not like categorizing and then allow what we know as art to die by like not passing it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Except also, well, I could be talking about, me and my sister were just talking about this earlier, like posts, I'm always kind of talking about like, and I don't mean this literally, I don't want to, I know it's theorists who think about this shit. And so I'm not that, I'm just like, <laughs> um, so don't, you know, but like, like kind of post ethical, uh, way that we have to exist now and that like I I can't I mean like for us to be talking we don't like computers we all know this shit is fucked you know like but we have to have it to communicate or this idea too that we could like drop out of society at this point like I talk about our, I have this is the best job I could find you know like we all gotta fucking pay rent if I didn't have to pay rent yeah fuck it kick rocks people who have resources who give out the resource and dole it out is which don't stop at you know walmart is at it's the art you know it's the same thing too and this is my livelihood at this point and yeah i could go get another job it's gonna be similar sh- fuck shit going on there too you know like um 
And even if I start my own business, then I'm dealing with the government and the IRS. I mean, I kind of am that already, I guess, or whatever. So, you know, I don't know. There's this way in which, yes, I agree. I don't think we need to pass it on in the same ways. And I think we can do all that we can not to. But I think also to do that totally, we would, we would have to stop engaging in the art world, period. Like, I just, I just don't see how that happens while still engaging in it. And the reason I engage in it, honestly, is because I need resources. I'm not actually out here for a whole lot of the capital thing. It's just like, I like thinking about shit and researching weird shit. And that's my damn job. You know what I'm saying? For the most part, don't get me wrong. I have to deal with a lot of racist curators and bullshit as well. But like, um, but for the most part, it was like, I mean, it ain't the worst gig, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> um, but that don't mean it's not full of fuckery. And so, yes, I think we try to pass that on as less as we can, or I would be so into and like fostering that. But, and I think there are ways that we can do that outside of where we present as well. But I think we have to be honest with ourselves about it. Can you talk a, a little bit about um, what you're doing at Headwater Cedar, um, your work there? So, we're trying to move it from like a single directorship to a uh, kind of multi-run collective sort of we were trying to flush it out we've been working together now for a little while trying to figure it out we'll see uh i'm still gonna uh i want to talk to you about that <laughs> about doing an interview about it um but um uh yeah so moving into a, a thing and we're also trying to make it a completely subsidized space so that we can just invite artists and you know we want to focus on non-dominant communities um, and invite artists to be here and make work, use it as a residency space and kind of work with the group of artists who get to use it maybe for a year, maybe longer, maybe, you know, this sort of thing. And also kind of have it, all those folks, as many as want to be involved or not, are a part of the decision-making team of what happens um, with the space. Um, and so we'll try, we're, we're working to see, yeah, what that is and how that looks and really trying to get this year, get it, uh, get people, and people have already been using the space. I also started a residency um, <clears throat> with Mizu, uh, like uh, a couple, this is the second year, um, uh, you know, focus, uh, or resident black women and queer artists um, to be in residence, uh, yeah. And so this is the second year of doing that. And that's been cool, just giving like space and uh, a showing. It's been weird this year. So we kind of extended the residency and just let people use the space uh, for the year. So, yeah, some real um, cool people. In it. I have a follow-up question for that. So like, what, how does it feel for you kind of being on the other side of the whole residency process? Like going from someone who accepts residencies to one who creates residencies, who, who, who has become in essence a kind of gatekeeper in a way, right? Like, I mean, that is a form of it. So like, what, what, what does that mean for you? Yeah, well, I don't know, cause I, yeah, that, it is that. I haven't really thought about it cause I've just been thinking about inviting people. I'm like, wait, do people want to do this? <laughs> but yeah, people do. Also because I don't really do residencies. I've only done residencies through other, being a part of other people's projects. Cause I'm not a big residency kind of person. This roller skating is kind of the most like, so like rehearsing or working 
alone, I mostly just, you know, sleep and dream about, the, <laughs> I mean, think about things and like things come up and like, oh yeah, that, you know, that, but it, I don't really like keep a studio practice and kind of use performance actually as a way to work out ideas. Like this not a thing it was just built through so many small performances and like Holocene and, uh, you know, composition and all these like small places and me discovering things in front of people. For me, that feels like hella important too for the work in general. Um, uh so yeah being on this side of i don't know it's funny it's like always it's a thing you know like yeah i'm supposed to be like on time and present and or you know and like i'm supposed to be the one that's you know responsible <laughs> to making this thing happen which you know i just fuck up so much and uh you know i i'm a if it's if fuck up is a learning type that's the kind that i am you know i generally like you know, fuck things up, and then I'm like, oh, okay, learn that lesson. I mean, not too bad. Not hopefully not to where anybody is like out anything or anything, but like the audience was super small the first year because I was just like, oh yeah, they had a market, and it's not for me, so I actually have to market it <laughs> because it's for other people, you know, like um and these sort of things, and kind of handling the money. And I'm generally kind of a like sort of person in a lot of. I mean, I can like focus and get get on it but um yeah so that's that's a bit of a challenge but also it's cool and it's also been cool people also have just been kind of like people i know it's been pretty unofficial like seeing people like, oh yeah you know what you want to do this uh residency <laughs> um so you know kind of like that also if y'all want to do it next year let's talk. <laughs> uh so um yeah yeah uh, so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like in this space, there there was a residency going on and there has been a history here of working with a lot of different folks in a lot of different communities, but not, not anything focusing on like the Black community and stuff in this, uh, in the Headwaters Theater space and the studio, Waterline Studio space. Um, so doing that feels, feels generative to me and feels like something useful. I want to be open more to whoever is interested in being here and i guess when it gets to the point where i feel like oh i have i am like you know getting a lot of response or need to do you know i guess it's still gatekeeping and not opening it up to you know just like inviting people yeah i don't know i guess i have to think about that thanks mel <laughs> for uh, you know on my radar to consider. I mean, I kind of thought about it when I first, I was like, oh, this is the thing I'm just like, but I'm also like, now shit is happening in this space. I don't know who we really want to use it, just, in, you know, by thing. But yeah, no, it is something to think about and consider more. I, I definitely want to keep it easier, easy as possible for me and very low key of a thing. So I, you know, and I, hopefully that doesn't end up meaning, I mean, it's exclusive by nature because everybody can't be in here at the same time in some sort of, uh, you know, selection is happening uh, but yeah I mean yeah I don't know. more to think about than that um this isn't like yeah um I'll say this and then maybe ask a question um I definitely like uh I, I feel that thing about uh being like um some sort of like facilitator for other people's art than knowing if like step outside of your own like um aesthetic or like practice or like style or like oh this is the way i would do it for my art but like oh yeah this isn't like my art this is like 
somebody else thing so you kind of like have to like fall into like the old like um professional things that like you know like you're, you're pushing against but then in this like different role you try to like respect the other person's thing as much as possible so you're like you know <laughs> that was definitely yeah like a learning curve for me um right. for sure um so so i know you you work like so many like across so many different ways like collaboratively um individually and then also just like as a part of somebody else's performance um yeah, I was wondering, like, if you could talk a little bit about those different ways of working. Um, then also, like, maybe um, some, like, learned lessons. I think, like, I've um, I've never worked, been, like, paid to be somebody else's, like, performance, but I've, like, done the other ones. Um, but I also feel like I don't know if, like, I struggle with my own, like, egos. Like, oh, can I, like, be a part of, like, somebody else's performance? Like, again, like, stepping in, can I step outside of my art? Then I guess, too, like, this is something I'm just thinking now, like being a performance artist and like having your body, like be your art, like how do you exist with that in somebody else's art? Like, um, like clashing messages sometimes potentially or yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely learned a lot of things over the years of doing that. Definitely folks. I won't work, <laughs> you know, like, Oh, I can see some situations now that maybe I would have said yes two years ago and have said yes. I'm like, Oh no, that's not, we're not a we're not a match, <laughs> you know, uh, so I've definitely learned some things through that in a lot of different ways, you know, and again, like I said about the thing, like, oh, I didn't even know you could be racist like that, like, it, it, that happens too in this world, of, and you know, like, oh, wow, I didn't even see that one coming, and here we are, and you deal with it in a moment and figure out, you know, decide, I generally say something or do something, but, you know, like, try to advocate for yourself or whatnot um but generally these days i kind of work with people first of all who have known me already so they know what they're getting into um as do i you know um and recommendation and that sort of thing not that i've ever been i mean there were a few years where i kind of like did a lot of dancing or uh performing for other people um and i still do it uh definitely but i think now it's more uh, yeah people that I know and have known for a while and that sort of thing. And then collaboratively, it's generally with like friends, people who I know pretty well. Uh, and so that a lot of times just comes out of our relationship, you know, um, like Death Thoroughbred with Sid and um, uh, I did a collaboration with Eddie Robeson. Um, and yeah we yeah we've known each other we knew each other for years even before we started well no actually sid and i collaborated the first night actually because uh jamandra harris matched us together for this thing years ago and sid was doing like live uh poetry typing and i was doing movement on the stage and, yeah wow. And, ooh, wow yeah that was like what 2013 no 20 yeah 2013, 2012, something like that. Eight years ago. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that old way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm really, that's how I'm so, oh, yeah. You know. I'm Melanie, man, you all, well, I, 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 I always remember finding out, I, I was like, oh my God, Melanie. <laughs> I was like, oh, so I was like, oh, okay. 
Um, but yeah, my auntie vibes hard these days. I'm just really been in auntie, uh, <laughs> auntie mode. But um, yeah, so yeah, so that's different in that regard. And that real, that generally feels really easy. Like collaborate the collaborations I do because of that. I don't really because like a full collaboration to me. Like sometimes people that you work for a call working with uh, performers or whatever collaboration because you do bring so much. Like you were saying too. Like you kind of like bring yourself and work inside of their concept and not just, I haven't done like do this dance move kind of stuff in a very long time. You know, it's more like you work through their process and their concept and you improv a lot through it a lot and rehearsals and this sort of thing. And they kind of like hone it or codify it, or you work inside of a movement score that they've created in this sort of thing. Um, yeah. And so they kind of both make it off of your body and you working, you know, from where you're working from inside of their, you know, sort of framework. Um, and some people call it that collaboration. I don't really consider that collaboration because it's like, this is still your work. And I'm, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, you kind of decide what I do and don't do, you know. Uh, but the full collaborations, yeah, with friends generally. It feels easy and kind of like, all right, here's what we, you know, talk it out at all different kinds of times. Like me and Sia have like all kinds of text threads going, all sorts of things. That, And again, that kind of holistic thing that like our relationship isn't really separate from the work either and I mean it is in some ways and not in a lot of ways you know um, and then yeah which is also different than solo work because I ain't gotta you know consider nobody <laughs> well I mean I consider you know audience and all that but like yeah just that's when it's real <laughs> that's when it really doesn't look like work it's when it's the solo work because I'm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so continuing in that vein, um, how would you compare um, your work, your performance work in Portland um, as opposed to like other places? Like you've worked internationally, obviously, um, on different regions of this country. Like what is specific about Portland that you enjoy or don't enjoy yeah i'm not sure i don't enjoy you know i mean one the thing i do enjoy is like because i live here you know access to a lot of little weird ass spaces and performances and different things that you know you would never get invited somewhere to do, you know, like in Valentine's, you know, performing in the bar, you know, like, you know, ain't no Valentine's going to like fly you in to like perform in Valentine's. <laughs> um, so there's that. And, and, you know, like having people, you know, there. also like, that's what I mean too about building stuff through performance is like, it's a lot, you know, easier to do it at home, you know, um, and kind of we like hone something before you take it out, you know, incubate at home and this sort of thing. Uh, so there's that. Um, you know, but partly, partly, you can kind of get access to all sorts of things right out the gate. I feel like in Portland, if you're willing, to, you know, like go, or at least maybe it was that way when I first moved here. I felt like you know, not necessarily everything, but like. Yeah, you will be introduced to the chair of this or this or that or this. So just being like, oh, I just came to volunteer, you know, 
um, sort of thing because it, it's like that or it was or it has been like that. I think it's still a bit like that kind of lax in uh, this sort of thing, which I think has like helped me to also hone and form a thing around like unprofessionalism intentionally and, you know, like help me to kind of like yeah, get more stable. Because it's hard, you know, when I'm all about, like, not capitalizing my name and not giving you a bite on yada, 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 and you're talking to, like, large institutions or organizations. I'm like, you have to fight these people, you know, about how you want to be represented. And here, I think there's kind of already a culture of everybody being like, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> you know? like, so it does kind of, like, uh can maybe gain confidence enough in that to like be able to take that out uh you know i mean it's uh, i would say it sucks for like the um, but i feel like actually i can get blacker audiences in portland because i know more black people you know i mean well because i know black people personally in the city so folks will like come out you know and i feel like a lot of the institutions that bring me out and sort of stuff that sort of thing don't really have uh black audiences so then you are left with you know like and then reading my bio <laughs> looking at my thing i don't think you know a bunch of folks are like oh yeah dude, let's go out here uh let's see what this is about you know understandable <laughs> so so there's the so that's kind of weird for me here and maybe having sometimes even more you know black audiences than like other places even though you know portland Whatever. But really, I mean, it's still black folks here. But anyway, yeah. So there's that. But it's also, I don't know, it's weird. It's, oh, she's dealing with a lot of, you know, granola. It's it's just a thing, you know. The Q&A is on the oh. following you around and, you know. Because, you know, I'll do a lot of my work amongst the audience and everything, you know. So you get these like, oh, I'm open, if, you know. And, Oh, should we contact Improp? No, don't touch me. You know, like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like the white people you want to be, like, upset or turned off, but are, like, too into it. <laughs> you know, exactly. And they're, like, loving it, but still not getting it also. So, like, okay, what are we doing here? You know, and that's Portland in a nutshell, you know. Like, <laughs> I'm so liberal and so racist. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, I don't know. But it is. But I have learned, and a bunch of cool ass people. I will say too, even though I do feel like the like experimental dance community here is like hella white, hella cool people. Uh, a few folks who have really Linda Austin, I love to death. Who's like, I feel like somebody who has really, and to me, it's so like all that she does talk about somebody who works in a bunch of ways but also works the whole space for a bunch of other people to work in a bunch of other ways and like this sort of thing and that kind of thing has hella supported me so i don't want to knock that i act like it's not you know not real and not part of how i've been able to make the work i make. i think that's the thing too is like being in portland and you know being black and making the work that i make i feel like i got shit because of that not shit as in bad things. I mean, that too, <laughs> which I give myself also. <laughs> um, but also access and things, you know. Not that I have a lot, but, you know, it's still, I guess to travel sometimes, that's cute. I might be broke when I get there, but hey. 
the humility. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You mentioned it a little bit briefly, but yeah, um, can you talk a little bit about your like work with Dead Thoroughbred, um, collaborating with Sidonia O'Neill? Is there stuff currently happening in the future? Yeah, it's never not happening, as we say. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Never not happening. So yeah, it's always happening. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I know that's my dog. It's cool. I know we. Yeah, been uh, good friends for a long time. The work is man. They're better at talking about it than I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. <clears throat> yeah, it's a collaboration between the two of us that's really kind of, yeah, rooted in a lot of, again, rooted really in our relationship, a lot of things that we kind of have thought, think, and talk about. Um, a lot of, you know, detritus and nothingness and um, death and blackness and uh, absence and void and communicating across void and um, it's dark and uh, yeah I don't know really what I was actually just reading the thing about it or the thing that we wrote well heavy evasion yeah it's also about like I want to say asserting nothing but asserting it, <laughs> you know, like, um, but not either. It's also like kind of about like, I don't know what the fuck it's about. Disap- I want to say disappearing, but like not that either. And also like all senses and, you know, like senses and sensualness is like, you know, like, I mean, it's a lot of like sensory thing, not sight focused, like, um, it's, you know, like sculptural and hilarious also and kind of like all of it's kind of tongue in cheek as well. Um, and it's, uh, oh, but maybe what it is practically is like a performance generally that happens uh, with the two of us. But also maybe it's a lot more than that or maybe it's no, a lot less than that or nothing. You know, like it's kind of like, yeah, not seeking any definition, that's for sure um and but yeah it's often like a dark performance a lot of noise and sound is played in and there's a uh what do you call those things oil lamps and uh yeah a lot of movement in the dark um yeah they probably talk about a whole lot a whole lot better y'all should have them on (laughs) Oh, wait, I shouldn't give you... I, I, should, I should take that out. Sidoni's <laughs> definitely on our list. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I had to get up and grab this. Um, this is yeah. From, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's great. That's not a dead thoroughbred thing. Wait, hold it up again. Is... I'm going to screenshot this. Nice. <laughs> I like my face right there. <laughs> Oh <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so that's it. Wrote that for the uh, exhibition Libby invited us to do at Pam, 
up, which was hilarious because he got shut down. Yeah. I love that shit. That was like a victory story for me that they had to shut the exhibit down. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty great. Oh, yeah, y'all came. We played dominoes yep. in the museum when it was shut down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that was a, that, that was a highlight. Not necessarily. I mean, the curation was a highlight. That was cool. Like, being able to put those works on the wall and that whole thing, and then having the writing wall that people could write on, but then it got out of control. And it also showed you how, again, liberally racist Portland was. Um, through the shit they wrote on the walls. Uh, <laughs> that like, yeah, none of it was over, but it was like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that was, yeah, working with Sid on that uh, was really cool. And uh, yeah, a lot of things. We learned a lot of shit through that. And yeah, had to, oh God, especially how, oof, I guess I shouldn't talk about Pam like that. But. <laughs> You want us to edit that out? <laughs> we usually um we we usually like send the episode too, so if you want to listen to it before we post it. Um. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I'm probably I just thought whatever. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Leave it in. Tell them I said. <laughs> they already know. You know I had to tell them already. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna pivot out of uh, the art talk a little bit can you tell us something that you are unexpectedly grateful for this year this year is in 2021 so the last week and a half this past year, so it could potentially be 20. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. This past, you're right. Uh, elbow. Uh, yeah. Conversations me and my sister have had. Hmm. Just like, yeah, things we talked about and ways we've gone in this year have been really like, wow. Older sister or younger sister? Younger. younger. But like, Hell, you wouldn't know it most of the time. <laughs> Amazing. And like, uh, oh, yeah. Also something, she just got into law school. So I'm like, fuck oh. yes. Uh-huh. She just got into law school. She's only a couple years younger. She's done. She's had a whole ass life and, you know, done a bunch of things. And now, and then she's like, all right, I'm going to law school. And then just did it. She just like, like she said it like two months before and then was like in law school with a scholarship. Or she's not in it, but got in with it. I'm like, oh, yeah. So that as well. And then definitely, like, the uh, attention to uh, herbs, shifted attention to, like, tincture making and herbs and all that stuff has been really unexpected. Pleasure. On okay. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Kiana. It's been so nice asking you questions. So for my final question, um, do you have any tips for young slash future performance people out there? If you don't have to get into the art world, don't. Like if you're independently wealthy, <laughs> No, but or, or like you don't you like you really like your day job, but you want to perform too. 
hey, don't do it. Yeah, all right, do it somewhere else. And don't, and don't, and don't care that our people don't know. And I know it feels hard because, like, oh, I'm not in the paper or whatever. But that other shit don't matter, man. It's like, who came? Who was there? How did that feel? Um, okay, but that's a kind of ridiculous one. Uh, I mean, real talk. But uh, let's see. Um, I don't know. Just advocate for yourself, and don't be afraid. Like, don't be afraid. People will try. They will, man. Motherfuckers will push you as much as they can. They will try you. They will tell you it's like this, and they will speak with such authority. And it's not like that turns out i've just now started like changing the contract you know i'm like wait a minute i don't have to take that and no you don't have rights to my image in perpetuity because you're giving me 500 dollars like in, in, in perpetuity and this is standard in most contracts if you're doing a performance like we have a right to video and to photo and we have the right to use that image in your image how it, your and your likeness however we like for the rest of our existence, you know, in perpetuity. And no, actually, what if I say no? I would also say, don't be afraid to say no. Uh, I know sometimes, I mean, you know, if the bag is big enough, hey, do it. Hey, we all, we all know doing a juck and job for a bag, <laughs> you know, um, unfortunately so. Um, but you know, don't have folks out, don't have folks have you out here doing all kinds of stuff. You going out on stage, filling in the pit of your stomach, like this ain't right. You know, and you going out to do it anyway for 250, get out of here. You know, and not even, I'm not saying sacrifice anything for the bag either. I'm saying say, you know, like in general, advocate for yourself, say no to things. And I know not everybody's like me. I don't give a fuck if you bring me back or not. If I make nothing or not, I'll be fine. I can go make money somewhere else if I have to. But, and I know that folks want to get it and want to make it and want to be at, you know, wherever. Um, and so, yeah, we got to do certain things for sure to um, to make those things happen. Um, if you're trying to make those things happen, but I don't think you got to do as much as they tell you you have to do and, and sacrifice as much as they tell you you have to sacrifice. And, and and keep feeling good about it. I mean, everything don't feel good. It's not about like being happy or feeling good all the time. But like, if something really don't feel right, don't push yourself through it because you feel like you have to to get there. I mean, that's how they kill. That's another way that they're killing black people all the time is like doing these things. Like us run not they they say we've running ourselves into the ground or they running themselves into the ground, especially black women. But really, we're being ran into the ground because you have to do this i gotta do this and i gotta do this and i gotta do this in order to do a thing i mean a lot of times too it's like focus on what you're doing and really do that and folks you know we'll pay attention sometimes not i mean you know that's a lot of everything's multiplicitous <laughs> it is like it's just like this but <laughs> you know also hell don't listen to me do what you need to do <laughs> that's that's the advice <laughs> Don't listen to me. Do what you need to do. <laughs> All right. So now it is time for our segments. Um, the first one is Sealy's glass of water. And this is a special shout out for the folks who are doing the most with not even the least. What up? Oh, Mr. Talking Trash about Shug. Folks don't like nobody being too proud or too free. 
no more than a juke joint Jezebel. Today's glass goes out to American media coverage of the events in D.C. last week, which I will heretofore be referring to as the insurrection of idiocracy. Now, I wasn't going to say anything because, like most Black folks, I'm tired and I already know what it is, but it is absolutely fascinating to me to watch in real time how history continues to be made and unmade, constructed and formed from a random assemblage of facts into something unrecognizable. And by fascinating, I mean terrifying. I know for the less indoctrinated, it's really cute and tempting to make Trump into some sort of lone gunman. By sheer will of his own charm and machinations, he corralled this group of well-to-do and upper-middle-class white supremacists to the Capitol to wage civil war and let their hatred flags fly at full mast. But this reportage of the events last week as some separate act that occurred in a vacuum is gross, abhorrent, and most of all, irresponsible. They didn't do this on that day in early January out of the blue. Things happened, votes were cast and counted, and this was a direct response to decisions being made and tides possibly turning. Democracy, true democracy happened. And the storming of the Capitol with guns and bombs for the gram was the answer to that. Why not discuss that? It's a recurring theme, like one of four throughout this country's history. Stop trying to pretend that this happened because of one man pulled out of thin air that caused this. This was decades, centuries in the making, and I fear it's not over yet. So the least you can do is report it correctly for the sake of the archives. All right, uh, Max? I'm stating facts, 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 facts. There are currently 7 billion people alive today, and the Population Reference Bureau estimates that about 107 billion people have ever lived. That means we are nowhere near close to having more alive than dead. In fact, there are 15 dead people for every person living. I'm stating facts, 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 facts. So now it is time for parting words. Um, we'll start with Max and I, and we will let Keon have the last word, as is our tradition. So Max, you first. Um, parting words. Um, 2020 just started. Got some things in the work. Um, Androids in the Tower 2021 stuff. The slow blooming flower. Um, we got fashion shit. Um, I'll be doing stuff at Paragon um, in 2021, 2022. Check out. We got a window exhibition in May with Jaleesa Johnston, Sarah Brahim. Um, potentially other big podcast news coming. Um, trying to do a money dance for, um, you're looking at me, you're looking at me weird, Melanie, but you don't remember our recent meetings. Um, <laughs> um, trying to do a, trying to do a money dance for future fortunes and a gratitude dance for all I have in the present. Um, big love to all of our, who, who all want to be there, who all going to be there, listeners. All right. Um, my parting words are, thank you, Keon, for joining us. Um, I love to hear you talk, um, about pretty much anything. So this has been a nice treat for me. So, um, uh, also I would like to say, um, black people, you don't owe anyone 
your thoughts or opinions on what went down last week. You can stay completely silent and it is your right. So feel free to do so. And also, um, everyone stop talking about Lori Harvey's um, personal business. Find, you, find some of your own. That would be great. All right. My, my massive oversight and my parting words. Um, thank you so much, Keon, for being here. Thank you for being our guest. Um, thank you to my ever-present um, co-host, Melanie Stevens. Um, yeah, Keon, it's been amazing talking to you. I really appreciate you being here, and thank you. Um, I know you don't like rock star stuff, but you, I think you already know that I have, like, immense respect for you. And um, so this has been super amazing to talk to you. <laughs> oh, thank y'all so much. It's such, uh, so nice talking to y'all. Like, ah, I love y'all. Y'all are like, it's so great what y'all do period, all the time, all over the place. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows, but if y'all don't, these motherfuckers like, or can they really get it done and do a lot and really support the community, just support so much happening. I was like super nervous about doing this. I'm just like, oof, oh Lord, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know who's listening. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so if you're listening and you didn't like, I don't know, forgive me or fuck you, one of uh, <laughs> Um, depending on who you are. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm just so uh, appreciative for y'all. And I, I was walking me through because I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. But y'all are, y'all are so great. It's so good. Just talk to y'all. I really appreciate, um, yeah, what y'all do uh, here in this city. And, you know, beyond the city because, you know, sound waves go everywhere. But I appreciate y'all uh, holding this space. And folks talk about black art shit and black weird ugly. Yeah, with a, a little podcast to listen to as well. You know, I started listening. Not gonna lie, you know, uh, when I got the invite, so I've been listening. To that. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna listen to this. I'm gonna listen to this. So yeah, appreciate it. I think yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me and. Uh, Keep up good work. Now you said I had the last word. I'm like, oh shit, I need a uh, what's the signing off? Uh, I need a signing off just tell everyone good night uh good night uh, good night y'all oh i want to sing it to, uh, no, wanna sing. good night <laughs> why did i do that <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what time you listening to this have a good fucking day or whatever you know love yourself love yourself there we go hey unless never mind <laughs> just love yourself <laughs>